No, it's, it's not like Rogan, but like it's, it, yes, it is a podcast. Yeah. Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this is the Here's My Thing podcast. I hope this episode sees you well. The original plan for it was to do it in two parts. I would conclude it next week, but then I realized, wait, I can't do that. We have to go to Elkwood next week. We have to go to Elkwood to talk about one of their historic elections before us in the United States go through our very, very important election. So with that being said, let this introduction serve as a friendly and encouraging reminder to go vote. If you're on the fence about voting and we're looking for a sign, here it is. I'm giving you that sign. Your vote counts. Your vote matters. Uh, right now, le- like stress levels in general are very high for a lot of people. So I hope that these next seven or eight minutes help you disconnect from reality for a bit. Um, this episode is titled A Cigarette in London. This is the Here's My Thing podcast. Keep it locked. Enjoy. Hollywood might say that a cigarette after sex is the closest one can get to nirvana on earth. That when a metal bed frame, linen sheets, and rolled tobacco come together in a unique harmony, we are to use words like glamour and spell it the O-U-R way. Now, had my circumstances been different, I may have agreed, but in my particular experience, the cigarette came more as a necessity than a luxury. I replaced the glamour with a cold sweat and immediate regret. If Vodafone hadn't contracted me for two months to help with office relational development, I would have never even thought of going to London in January. I I don't think anyone would if they too had a winter home in Palm Springs and and largely for reasons outside of the set of Charles Eames chairs and that looked out on the Santa Rosa Mountains. In Palm Springs, my winter wear is best described as Bermuda shorts and an Arnold Palmer, whereas in London it's more scarves and hot milk. But this is what I signed up for, I guess. My problem is I listen too much. You're at Yale, my business classmates would say. Why would you do anything other than consulting? I'd aspire to work in thespian fields and hope to reach heights where I'd need sunglasses indoors just to buy a pair of shoes. At the very least, I wish some of my political slander pieces would get run by the Yale record. Neither materialized, so... I took what I had, what was what I was told I had, and that was a six-figure salary on the West Coast. Years later, and with an established look and corporate eyes, I got to travel, helping build synergy at companies around the world. This trip to London was just another job. Friends might wonder why I'd ever begrudge any of these trips, and and I think begrudge is a very tough word. I try to explain the monotonies of what I do, to which they tell me about their monotonies, only adding that their monotonies don't stamp their passport. This makes me feel inconsiderate rather than better at all, but, but they do have a point. A little over a few months before I left on this London trip, I started to romantically hang out with a girl named Van. And when I say romantically hang out, I mean that we did things like watch documentaries for the content and not white noise. The line between dating and spending time started to blur, and I think both our guards began to drop at that as well. I asked for Van's pronouns and they told me, then added that they were bisexual, is something that if I'm being honest, I, I, I don't entirely know how to respond to. It's not something you congratulate, it's who they are. But saying right on or cool seems too casual and really are both phrases to use when someone tells you that they've been volunteering at an animal shelter. It's easier to respond to the follow-up question of whether or not their sexual orientation would be a problem, which I told them it wouldn't be. 
I had been alone for some time before I met Van. For years, I mulled over the thought of company, but when company ever came, I always decided that I needed time to work on myself. That was the cycle until I found that you can only take so many baths with spurts of eucalyptus before you realize that maybe you are the problem. Even if I subdued these thoughts, they just came back ten times louder when I tried to watch Jersey Shore reruns as it was clear that that was an activity best enjoyed on the couch with a significant other. We weren't exclusive by any means, Van and I. We'd hung out five times over the three months before my trip. With my schedule, it was tough, and, and they too were phenomenally busy. Van was a student and had two jobs. They worked at a rug store and then covered shifts at a juicery. Outside of me being attracted to them and them being kind, I have an idea of why I thought fondly of Van. I think. I... I don't actually know. Like stock options, my feelings for them vested later. They were a terrible texter by today's definition, meaning they'd reply every six hours or few days, which was annoying at first. I drew my own conclusions, thinking maybe they were working with prepaid phone plans or were looped into some sort of convoluted contract with loads of overhead fees. Then I looked inward and started to overanalyze my activity. How many times had I double, triple or dear lord, quadruple texted them. Had I taken things too far in joking about their cartilage piercings? It's after that that I would then turn around to face the potential truth that maybe they had finally ghosted me. But every time it came to that, they'd reply in spectacular fashion. It never was something pertaining to the original conversation, but something completely random. A photo of the beach saying that they just woke up from a nap, or a bathroom selfie telling me that they just got a new flannel. Never apologizing more assuming that I knew they had places to be, things to do, keeping me at bay for what I was, some stranger who they were easing into. And for this reason alone, I couldn't keep them out of my mind. Call me stubborn, but I didn't want to change that. I felt what we had was good, even though we didn't have much. Sure, we shared a couple bottles of wine and some lukewarm conversations about their family dynamic, but as it was, things were moving appropriately. In this regard, I felt a casual hookup while abroad to be fine, a hookup or two. So I downloaded Tinder and went on a couple dates. I drank darker beers with people who had blonde hair, guest t-shirts, and Montclair puffer jackets. I only went home with one of them, and that's where I found myself in the supposed nirvana. Along with the cigarettes after sex, Hollywood might sell some people that having their chest hair braided is anything but extremely irritating. That and the cigarette leaving a pleasant taste in your mouth. I counted my blessings back on the Jubilee line. At least it was menthol, I thought. The ride was quick but uncomfortable to my flat. My brow was damp. I was tense too. The smoke was supposed to soothe me. I just felt on edge and maybe that had something to do with riding public transportation in a foreign country at night. Most of it may be rooted in some misplaced emotion. I would have preferred a Valium, but that would have required consultation, diagnosis, and then a prescription. And she slid me the Parliament Slim. It was too easy. He even lit it for me. I did little recounting of my evening with this person, whose name quicker slipped my mind once I got back to a text from Van, one with a pic that read below, check out this guy dressed in all Ed Hardy, kind of looks like Ronnie. Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this has been another installment of the Here's My Thing podcast. Thank you for rocking with me. Until next time.